Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Fiduciary Fitness Podcast. My name is Colin Clark, and I am really excited to be joined again by Kelly Hahn of JP Morgan Asset Management, teaching us about the guide to retirement that you can get, you can receive that from us if you request it. So uh, I love giving out homework. Uh, if you listen to this podcast and you're interested, you can certainly email us at colin.clark at hubinternational.com and you will receive a copy of the Guide to Retirement. So Kelly, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. You guys focus at JP Morgan about how people spend money pre-retirement and in retirement. And, and you have such great data really around the idea of healthcare and how healthcare costs evolve in retirement. But that's not it though. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, please, Kelly? Sure. So I think the first thing that we need to acknowledge is that the general rule of thumb many people use in terms of estimating spending in retirement, the simple income replacement rate, typically between 70 to 80%, and then you just grow that by inflation, that's not how people spend. <laughs> that assumes that spending yeah. is actually quite static, net of inflation, because you're only growing it by inflation. In reality, though, people's spending is quite fluid. And that's what you're referring to, Colin. Uh, one of the slides from the guide shows when we look at millions and millions of people who bank with Chase, those consumers in retirement, their spending actually declines as they get older in real terms. And then much later in life, in their 80s and 90s, the spending does tick up because of greater healthcare needs and also long-term care needs that people have. With that in mind, can you elaborate a little bit more on the impact of healthcare in retirement? Yes. Healthcare, it's a double whammy in a sense that, number one, people just consume more healthcare goods and services over time in retirement. That certainly is a case for my mom, who's in her 70s. She's in great health, but she's definitely going to the doctors more often. And the second whammy is that healthcare is the second highest inflating category. So when you combine those two things, the behaviors, the increased spending, and also the cost going up a lot higher than other spending categories that we spend money on, what that means over time is we expect the healthcare costs to triple over the next 30 years. A current 65-year-old is paying about $500 per month in healthcare expenses, and by the time this person gets to uh, age 95 in 30 years, we expect that person to spend about $1,500, assuming original Medicare and Medicare Plan G to fill any gaps that are not filled by Medicare Parts A and B. So when you think about how large the healthcare expenses may be in retirement, it's actually kind of scary. So what we are advising our clients to do when they're estimating their spending needs is to pull out healthcare separately and assume a much higher growth rate than all the other spending categories. We think the growth rate that people should use, you know, based on the inflation and also buying more goods and services is closer to 6% per annum. And so we're dealing with this idea of the HSA becoming a nexus between the retirement industry and the employee benefits industry. And you guys spend a lot of time on HSAs how important are HSAs for retirees now? You know, not everybody has HSAs, but if they have HSAs, this is the most tax efficient vehicle that people can utilize to save for retirement. 
And what I mean by that is the money that goes into an HSA, it's tax-free, the investment growth is tax-free. But if you take money out for qualified expenses in retirement, the healthcare expenses, then that money is going to be tax-free. So from start to finish, it could be entirely tax-free. So as we think about the healthcare costs, the projection that I just walked through, the tripling over the next 30 years, can you imagine how much of a benefit HSAs can serve in terms of giving you investment growth tax deferred or tax free, the money that went in tax free. So it can be very, very instrumental in helping achieve a successful retirement outcome given the healthcare projections that we expect to see over the next uh, several decades. But the unfortunate part is not everybody has HSAs. I don't have HSAs. Right. So that's the unfortunate part. But if you have it, then I think people all should, you know, utilize it to the fullest extent. No, I totally agree. And I, I think there's gonna be an evolution. And I know there, there are legislators on Capitol Hill that are very eager to uh, make sure that that HSA has become more available. And so hopefully we'll see an evolution. But if you have the ability to work with your benefits broker and integrate that, that again becomes a, an integral part of your retirement benefit for your employees and the beneficiaries. And that's kind of my point because, you know, it's always fascinating to me to see your data on how spending changes. Because, you know, as we get older, we're going to slow down a little bit. Okay. I was just talking to a friend the other day. My grandfather lived to his 96. He spent his first decade in retirement traveling the world doing these, you know, historical elder hostel programs. And he had the means to do something like that. Not everyone does. And health concerns can hinder folks. But it's always interesting to see the data that you demonstrate on, you know, how people spend their money as they get older. And it, it, it really, it puts people, it puts it in perspective as, hey, how are we going to finance this? Like, what, what can I expect? Because until you sit down and think about it, the earlier we can get to people and, and encourage them to save as much as possible, it, it will help them in their later years. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I think the most fundamental needs that we will have in retirement will be to replace the spending that we want to do. I mean, people may have other goals like legacy or buying a second home. Those are extra stuff. But the most fundamental needs that we have in retirement is to have a comparable lifestyle, just being able to replace spending. And oftentimes people just don't know how to think about the savings needs they have for retirement because they can't just, they can't size the needs that they will have in retirement in terms of the consumption. So I think people need to be educated around how spending may evolve, also thinking about the longevity, how many years they're going to live and how healthcare will be impacted over time. All of those factors need to be considered in terms of thinking about the savings target that they need to be working towards while they're working. So I did not um, pick on you in the last segment about the 4% rule. Okay. But as you're talking about that, um, and I literally was just doing a, a, a one-on-one consultation today, and the individual was projecting a 7% growth rate for, for his investments. And I told him to temper his enthusiasm, and I, and I thought about your 4% rule. How does the 4% rule affect the data that you are showing in projected outcomes? 4% rule, the way we talk about 4% rule is that it's Good in theory, but very poor in practice. 4% rule assumes static spending over lifetime, which is not what we see in the data. Spending actually declines as we get older because we get slower. 
So the shapes don't line up. And the second thing is, when you look at the outcome of 4% rule, when we use our latest long-term capital market assumptions and see how successful 4% rule is, oftentimes it is successful. It helps you not to run out of money within 30 years, which is what the rule defines. But for people with greater longevity, people who are likely to live maybe 35 years or 40 years in retirement, and we see more of those people because people are living longer, then the 4% rule fails. And when you look at the historical experience of the 4% rule, oftentimes people die with more money than they began their retirement. And that may be fine if the goal was to leave legacy, but for many people, that's not the ultimate goal. They want to spend every dime they have, which is the goal that I have. I have a son. I don't want to give him <laughs> anything. He's going to have to earn it and work for it. It's my money. I want to spend it all. So that would be the worst outcome if I had five times the wealth than I started the retirement with. So I think 4% rule is simple and easy to explain, but in terms of how it actually works in practice, it's you know less than ideal, in my opinion. No, that, that's really interesting. And so um, as we wrap up this segment, you know, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about savings checkpoints. So we want to make sure that we're saving enough during our working years and then transitioning into retirement and doing some goal setting, talking about social security as well. But the, the elephant in the room is inflation. And so we don't want to ignore the fact that inflation is how it's affecting everyone right now. So we want to touch on those as well. And so, um, Kelly, thanks so much. This has been uh, wonderful. And then hopefully we'll get inundated with requests for the guy to retirement. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you access your podcasts. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Global Retirement Partners, Washington Financial Group, a division of Hub International Mid-Atlantic and Hub International are not affiliated with LPL Financial. Global Retirement Partners, LPL Financial, Washington Financial Group, and Hub International are not affiliated in any way with the services offered by any guest on this show. Jeff, he's having to listen to this conversation. All right, hopefully that uh, hopefully Jeff can edit that, right? <laughs>